Hello and welcome to Everybody A, Everybody Gay, The Perfectionists. <laughs> A queer exploration of the hopefully queer perfectionists today. <laughs> yes, featuring your hosts, Speak Pirate, aka Joanna. I'm here, I'm queer, and I want to talk about the monus and handholding. <laughs> and your other host, LCO123, aka Vina. Um, a proud member of the Church of Modison Handholding. <laughs> oh, so uh, we have two episodes to kind of discuss in general today. Uh, the big like headline news from these two episodes of Perfectionists is uh, that it is uh, apparently final. Allison has signed the divorce papers uh, and, you know, Emerson is over the ship has sunk long live the new ship yes emerson endgame will be scratched off of many you know many many great tombs like it's it's over it's done i have that emerson t-shirt i'm gonna have to like cut out mona's face and like pin it over shay But oh, yeah. we can do it. I believe in us. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so let's, I mean, let's let's start there. Because, I mean, other things happen in these two episodes. I think what's true is that um, my experience is that I, I am just caring about these new characters very much. Well, I'm sure that we'll talk about them. But should we just talk a little bit about the end of Emerson and the rise of Monison? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, it's it's really no good that the relationship that the PLL writers made us wait until the final couple episodes of the show to actually pay off that that relationship winds up ending, uh, you know, ending basically off screen. Um, I, I think that that's like a bad way to treat your characters and their relationship. I know that it's because of, you know, scheduling issues or Shay not wanting to do the show or whatever. But there are other ways that they could have treated that relationship on PLL. Um, and they didn't. And so it's a it's a bummer, but it's not a surprise, I feel like. I agree. Um, I, my question is, obviously, you know, we can't go back and change how PLL ended or the way that they treated Emerson, considering the fact that Allison is on this show and Shay Mitchell is clearly not desiring or able to show up at any point. Do you feel like there's a different way that that perfectionists could have handled Emerson or do you feel like this was just sort of an inevitability in one way or another? Well, I guess I would rather have them be divorced than have Emily and the girls have like been taken hostage by Alex Drake and or like you know, killed in a car accident off screen or something. So I guess that's a little bit better. But also, I'm going to say, like, I, I mean, I definitely think it's it's over. I don't think Emerson is really going to get a happy ending here. Um, but this is a TV show, so we shouldn't count out the possibility that these texts from Emily that were trying to get Allison's attention, that those might have been Emily saying, wait, no, I don't want to get a divorce. But Allison, like, didn't call her back and didn't listen. And then sign the papers because that's what she thought Emily wanted yeah I I mean I kind of felt like that scene where Allison signs the papers 
cries a few tears, drinks some wine, and then immediately starts talking to herself about the Taylor Hotchkiss mystery was sort of the show being like, okay, we're done with Emerson. Nobody talk about Emerson anymore. Emerson's over. This is our new thing. Like, we're, we're closing the book on Emily Fields as a character. Don't worry too much about the babies. They're out there somewhere. Allison sees them, you know, off screen between episodes. Onto the mystery, onto these new characters. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree that that is pretty much what it is. But actually, uh, I mean, Allison's speech about how she thought that she could move across the country and show Emily that she's capable of living a trustworthy life. I, I don't know. I mean, that's like nonsense garbage made up by the show. Um, I don't think that I, I think you show someone they can trust you by like being around every day and acting in a trustworthy <laughs> manner. Um, but to each their own. Uh, however, I do think that trust issues breaking them up, I think that's that's very realistic. And I think that even if you look at their horrible proposal scene on PLL, where they're insulting each other and Allison is wearing that pug sweater with the repulsive bangs, um, <laughs> you know, I guess maybe in, in that moment, testing the depth of Emily's love, like, do you love me with these bangs and in this pug sweatshirt? You do, but not enough to trust me two years from now um, after we have kids. But I feel like those trust issues are like prevalent in that scene because Emily is so suspicious about why was Allison talking to Pam and show me what's in your purse and you know stuff like that. But it's a bummer because I feel like trust issues would be a thing for all of the liar relationships. So it's annoying that all of the other like heterosexual liar relationships are just, you know, out there prospering in the world while Emerson is the one that crashes and burns under the weight of reality. Yes, agreed. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where there are like logistical reasons why that is the case because Allison is the only one who's starring in her own new TV show, but it also is just super unfortunate at the same time. Um, Allison has a conversation in this episode where she talks about um lying was the only way to keep Emily safe now we this is something that we saw Allison do sort of during the series I feel at different points but do you think that she's referring to something that we don't know about or something that in the past on the show well I was hoping it might have been something we didn't know about I was actually hoping that maybe it's that Charlotte was alive um but that's that's because these are hopes that I have in, in my heart. Um, but I mean, I don't think, I don't think the show was thinking too hard about that line. I don't think they're thinking too hard about Emerson here. So yeah, it is. I, th I think probably you're right. It is what it is. And uh, this is the, this is the end, the end for Emerson. The end for Emerson and the rise of another ship, a ship that we have very quickly come become very attached to i think i think i can speak for us both when i say that you can monason monason yes except no substitutions um <laughs> i i think that uh just the way that you really see the two of them relying on each other so far in this series and particularly in this episode uh also the way that like mona is just the person that Allison is talking to about everything that's going on, the vulnerability that she's showing in front of Mona, which is something that all the liars, even Hannah resist when it comes to Mona. Like 
they're a little bit scared to be vulnerable in front of her in a way that they're sometimes scared to be vulnerable in front of Allie. So the, the fact that these two are like really finding their way pretty quickly to this place, this place where Mona is holding Allison's hand to comfort her uh, is, is, is great. I'm really a huge fan. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Mona holding Allison's hand while saying the line, I think that you've moved on. You just didn't want to admit it to yourself. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously? It's, I think what's, to me, what's um, especially delightful about it is I did not expect them to be so overtly shippable in this show. I guess I... I thought that they were going to just sort of be these characters who were somewhat connected, but like mostly doing their own thing. I didn't think that the show was going to focus so much on their relationship and have them become so close so quickly um, because Mona and Allison were constantly at odds with one another and the liars could never really trust either of them. I guess I kind of expected them to treat each other that way. And so having them become these allies and maybe more um, so quickly is just really awesome to see. Like, it's just, it's a really fun dynamic. They, their chemistry is off the charts. I'm going to say it. I think they have more chemistry than Emerson, at least than latter days Emerson. I think they have more interesting chemistry than Emerson at, at this point. Um, and I just like, I just think that they're kind of magnetic to watch together. Yeah, I, I really agree. I feel like this show uh, is doing something that PLL wasn't able to do. PLL kind of never really knew what to do with Mona and what to do with Allison in the later seasons. And I feel like just putting them together as, as a mainstay of this show and just giving their characters like more attention and more room to grow is a really great choice. I think it is making both of them like very interesting, very magnetic, uh, and just really a blast to watch together. I agree. I, I will say, I still don't know if the show quite knows what to do with Mona in terms of the other characters. I feel like her connections to them got a little bit more firmed up in this episode. But up until this episode, I think the only character she had had any scenes with was Allison. Um, and so I feel like they're they're getting that they're getting a feel for it now. Um, but honestly, like the larger mystery plot matters much less to me than this interpersonal work between the two of them. That's always kind of how I felt about PLL. Um, certainly it's how I felt about later seasons PLL. And th that's kind of how I'm feeling about this show. Like I I'm interested in the mystery. I'm a lot more interested in Allison and Mona having conversations about their feelings. <laughs> um I was always interested in both elements in, in PLL. I actually feel like in a weird way, in a weird way, I'm able to enjoy the perfectionist mystery more just because I've seen all of PLL. And so my expectations are much more managed now. Like I never, I never had any illusions that this show was going to be like a feminist masterpiece. <laughs> like I never had, you know, I, I never had any of those uh, any of those thoughts about what the show was going to be other than what it is. I had really low expectations going in, so it's not hard for the show to kind of exceed them. I think that the mystery is actually like 
it's it's a decent mystery so far because there are a lot of suspects there are a lot of moving parts and it has that early seasons pll feeling of like there are a lot of different ways that things could go there are a lot of different avenues that could open up um but also it's like how do i want to say it like there are some things that are easy for you to guess. And that's like, you need that on a show that's a mystery show because then it makes your audience feel like, oh, I guessed that. Like when, for example, we don't know who Ray, what's what's his name? Ray Hodor or Hogarth or Hogwarts, whatever. Ray, <laughs> Ray, the other smart man that the computer program is looking for. Um, gosh, we don't know who he is. Who could he be? And then there's this like rando maintenance man who's climbing a ladder and dropping a screwdriver on Mona's table. And it's like, well, goodness, do you think that this could be? I should just call him Eddie Lamb. I should call him perfectionist Eddie Lamb because that seems to be who he is. But um, but yeah, like, gee, do you think that's going to be the guy that Mona is looking for? Oh, it is. Who knew? You know, like. It's doing a good job with that. Like, it has some things you can guess. It has some things that are still mysterious. And it has a lot of nonsense. Like, D- Detective Booker with the Campus Bureau of Investigation is the lead person uh, trying to figure out who murdered Nolan. Like, it just has a lot of other ridiculous elements that are just kind of fun to suspend disbelief and, and see how it goes. Yeah, to me, where it gets a little a little unruly, I guess, is the whole beacon guard thing of like oh there's all of these and obviously that's fun right like it's fun to imagine that there's some like sort of shadow secret society like keeping an eye on everything that's going on in beacon heights but at the same time it just it's like one element in a story that already has a lot of moving parts to it so i'm i'm i guess i'm interested in how that's going to be included or not included i mean we're almost halfway through the season we only have six episodes left so i'm intrigued by how that will maybe interact with the rest of the show um i think that let's see i think that mona's chess partner is another element of the show i am really hoping that it's taylor hotchkiss as has been theorized because it is very clear that mona like this is like this like saxophone music was starting to play when she was like looking at her laptop screen. I mean, this is like this is like this is like a like a sexy scenario for Mona. And so I am hoping with all of my might that this character is Taylor or some other female character and not like Mason or um Blandrew or, you know, Nolan who's been secretly alive this whole time. Um or, you know, maybe somehow it's Allison. Like, it wouldn't make any sense, but, like, <laughs> why not? Um, that's that's my hope around that. Uh, unfortunately, though, I think that the overt, more overt queer storyline on this show is really not working as well. The Blandrew-Dylan situation. Well, so it seems like this week they have uh, they have broken up because Dylan has confessed his... Uh, infidelity and Blandrew is like out of there their arguments this week I felt like had such it was like someone found like an old draft of a Byron Ella argument and just like did a a quick find and replace on the names because um, 
it sort of seems like Dylan's whole perspective is, well, you asked me to tell you the truth. And so you can't be mad about what the truth was, which is actually not how the world works. <laughs> like that's not the ironclad case that you seem to think it is. Um, and so also like he confesses this infidelity and then he's like, he like feels like it's very unfair because two minutes later, Blandrew is not yet over it. <laughs> and also just that it's not just like, like he could have confessed the infidelity at the time, but he continued to lie about it. So it's like a long-term right deception uh and i think it's actually what's really worth a conversation is why you would rather do two years worth of assignments and risk getting expelled from school rather than communicate with your boyfriend about what happened but that's not a conversation they're having they're just having a regular standard issue fight yeah and i think what's what's hard too is like they are just not working like as a concept as two <laughs> characters in a relationship um they're they're neither one of them are particularly interesting actors i think um they don't have any chemistry they don't seem to be playing their scenes with any like any real oomph or any real energy or any like attempt at faking chemistry Dylan just basically seems tired through most of his scenes. Blandrew just basically seems sort of pissy through most of his scenes. They're not an engaging couple to watch. I thought that Blandrew showed signs of life when he had found like the medical form that says that Dylan should like be resting his cello muscle instead of <laughs> continuing to play. Uh, and when he's like, it's not snooping if you read the top page. And then Dylan says that wasn't the top page. And then Blandrew's like, well, it, it was after I opened the door a bunch of times and made the other pages fall down. Like that was like that was like good writing for that character, I felt like, but it wasn't it wasn't delivered super well. Um, also, I'm still on listen, I'm still on this fake gay watch situation because there was a scene <laughs> where Blandrew was getting undressed when he was talking about mommy dearest. He was like randomly changing his clothes in the middle of the day in the room and dylan like did not even turn around like he was so disinterested in what was going on and yeah dylan just continues yeah, to have better I, I, chemistry with the girls there's a scene where he's holding hands with ava while she's sitting on the bed there was a scene uh there was the scene from not this most recent episode but the one before where they were dumping a uh the the box of packing peanuts over caitlin's head where he had like interesting chemistry with both ava and caitlin so i'm telling you i'm still on this beat even if no one else is see but see what i think is that it's just bad casting like i agree with you i i feel that too um i think that that it's just that this this guy and i don't mean to harp on this guy this is like his first role but like he's just not, he's not bringing it, you know, he's not, he's, he's got, like, all three of these leads, they have big shoes to fill, you know, I mean, the four leads of PLL, like, well, you know, we'll, we'll make fun of, like, Keegan Allen, and we'll make fun of, like, some of the other tertiary characters, but, it, you know, even Shay Mitchell, like, we'll, we'll, we'll make fun of her a little bit, but I think that there's no denying that those four leads, first of all, have good, have great chemistry with each other, and all brought something, you know, some more than others. Um, but I'm just, 
I'm just not feeling it with this group. And it, and it's not just that I'm like, my mind is not open to new characters. Like I'm, I am trying. I am. I just don't think that they're, they're not grabbing me. I'm not feeling very connected to them. Caitlin, yeah. I'm feeling the most connected to, I would say. Um, but uh, the, the, Ava, Dylan definitely but but Ava as well there's just not a lot I feel like there's not a lot to hold on to there's not a lot of um charisma I I think I I somewhat yeah. disagree with you about Ava I think that I think that Ava okay. is interesting to me um Dylan yeah he's still he's still back there a ways um but also I want to flag a theory that I discussed with our correspondent Sarah uh which is that she thought it was kind of suspicious that Blandrew was just gone for an episode. He was gone, uh, not in this week's, but in, in last week's mm-hmm. episode, he just wasn't there. And he was off in Seattle doing something uh, for a week. And she was kind of like, well, don't they have school? Like what's, what's going on that he can just be gone for a week with an explanation. Um, and I said, well, I think we should clock the fact that Jeremy uh, rocket scientist boyfriend was also not in that episode and that there was no comment made about it. So I am also on the alert for a possible uh, conspiracy and or affair on the part of Blandrew and Jeremy. Yeah, I I could see that. Um, Jeremy and Caitlin, I feel, uh, suffer from a different but related problem as Blandrew and and, uh, Dylan, which is that they're we're meant to be to feel pretty invested in their relationship but there's not like I I think you know something that that PLL did really well and not to keep comparing the two but you know I mean they are related but we when PLL started we there was what one established relationship that the liar that one of the liars no two established relationships Emily and Ben and Hannah and Sean the other two were single save for the Presria thing um but we got to see these characters start relationships with people like have chemistry have flirtation you know Hannah and Caleb I think is a great example of a relationship that you really get to see sort of the building blocks of Emily and Maya is the same thing um and that's fun and interesting with new characters to get to see them be like flirty and feel connection and maybe like animosity that turns into something more or friendship that turns into something more and I really feel like when you have a show that's starting off where there's established relationships from before the series starting you need to bring vibrancy I need I can't just be told these characters like each other because that's what the plot demands there needs to be chemistry there needs to be vibrancy there needs to be something that tells me why these characters are together and I I feel like none of the relationships on this show are getting that treatment. The only relationship on this show that feels like it's getting something approximating that treatment <laughs> is the Allison Mona relationship, which doesn't seem like it's meant to be a shippy dynamic. Um, so I don't know. What are your um, thoughts you on know, that? I agree. I think they're just hoping that it's going to, I think they're just hoping that like uh, the car is going to take them over the finish line of this mystery. And then maybe if they get a full season order that they'll be able to like, backfill some of that stuff um but i I agree it seems like there hasn't been a ton of work done up front but i also want to say um 
when you were talking about like Ava and whether or not we're interested in her, I really had a moment of liking Ava at the end of, uh, I guess it would have been the third episode of the series when there's a rat in the trunk of the car uh, because someone has left a note that one of them is a rat and Ava is like so mad about her circumstances that she just picks up this like, and it's not like, it does not look like a rat that is recently dead. It looks like a nearly mummified, like sprayed with rat death stink rat that is in the trunk. Uh, it might actually be the rat from like, that was pinned under the bus and Veronica Mars. Um, but she takes the rat and she just like heaves it bare hand she just like heaves it into the woods and i felt like in that moment i i liked her i liked where she was at yeah i think i I like that too i i also liked the i didn't think it was a very smart choice but when she was like recording her vogue interview and getting progressively more drunk i was like bring this this is like this feel this is like a fun this is like a fun interesting character um the person who and, and maybe this is more a fault of the writing, but I feel like the person who's, you know, going on about her father or going on about Nolan is, to me, a less interesting character because Nolan is barely a character and her dad, we didn't actually see in person until this episode. So it doesn't really mean anything to us to to have her going on and on about how much she misses. Yeah, I, I guess we should say, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that most of the people who are listening to this have been watching The Perfectionists as well. But uh, if you have not been... Uh, the first episode that that we uh, that we're talking about here was an episode in which um, the the three compatriots are thinking that they're actually going to be friends. Then they don't want to help Caitlin do a charity drive for uh, military care packages, and then they do. That's really that's really all that happens. They also um, Ava reveals that she followed Nolan to a cabin in the woods. And saw him meet up with some blonde. Uh, so they theorized that uh, he could have been having an affair. Something else could have been going on. They go to that cabin to search for clues. And they meet up with Allison, who is also there to search for clues. Because she has seen a picture of Mason and Nolan in an old yearbook at that cabin. They all go to search for clues. Allison finds a withered yellow rose Uh, which she does not uh, immediately say is a clue, although she believes it's a clue that Taylor is there. Uh, Dylan finds a gum wrapper, which is the same type of gum wrapper that was uh, in the woods where someone was watching them. And he doesn't tell anyone at first, but he thinks that that is a clue that whoever is staying at the cabin um, chews this type of gum and is connected. Later, there is a scene where we think that Mo mason must be that person because mason like very ostentatiously throws away the same gum wrapper and caitlin sees so they think that mason may have been the person in the woods allison thinks that taylor may be alive in that episode mona isn't doing much except talking to allison and having computer problems yes um and then the second episode the ghost sonata um which is the episode that aired this past Wednesday. Uh, let's see, the the perfectionists are continuing to kind of uh, bond together. Allison advises them to reveal their secrets to one another. They sort of toy with this. Dylan ultimately reveals to Blandrew about the Nolan hookup and they break up as we talked about. Um, 
Caitlin sort of has more interaction with Mason and decides that she's going to try to kind of get more info out of him. What she ends up coming, uh, what she ends up revealing though, is that she was the one who leaked to the school that Ava, Ava's dad, like the situation with Ava's father. Um, and so that basically got all of this attention on Ava. This, this is an aspect of the show that I feel has not really been, there's some particulars around it that have not really been explained. Um, but yes, so that's kind of where they are at. So they, Ava and Caitlin are in a bad place by the end of this episode. Um, Allison is trying to figure out more about Taylor Hotchkiss and, um, and is getting divorced and is holding hands with Mona. Mona is flirting with the idea of meeting up in person with her chess buddy while also tracking down this Ray fellow who matches this particular criteria around um, this mysterious criteria that they can't quite figure out that the Beacon Guard uh, computer program is yes. to put together. And at the end of the episode, Allison stumbles upon what she thinks might be um, Taylor Hotchkiss's mobile home and Taylor or somebody who might be Taylor locks Allison inside. Yes. Um, I had a moment when I saw the RV that I thought it was going to be Toby. <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> oh my god. I actually... I would actually, I would be okay with that. Um, but uh, one thing I have to say about Taylor uh, being alive. Oh, and we also, you know what? We we met a new character. We met a character named Zoe in the episode with the care packages. And I do have my right. eye on her a bit because she is uh, sort of in a Mona position vis-a-vis -vis the other character. She seems to be somebody who interacts with them but is not quite part of the group but might like to be. Um, and also there's a, a throwaway line where um, she's wearing Ava's coat and Ava like calls her out on that and kind of indicates that's not the first time that Zoe has done that. And I feel like uh, we need to be on the lookout for that because with uh, these beacon guard cameras everywhere, I think that it could come back that someone wearing Ava's coat and maybe a fashionable turban is on camera doing something and it is Zoe instead of being Ava. So on the lookout for Zoe. Um, also, Mason is like kind of becoming the new Nolan, and it seems like that's sort of his plan uh, that he wants to take over. No, he's trying to like blackmail them. Uh, he's you know making suggestions about Eva having lots of money, um, and I think that what he's doing, like my theory about what Mason is up to, is that he's trying to become the new Nolan to try to get someone to come at him. He's trying to figure out who the killer is by goading the killer into making an attempt on his own life. Um, I don't think that's a super successful strategy for solving a murder um, due to the high risk that you yourself will wind up dead. And so if a body turns up in the season one finale, my money is currently on Mason. Well, you know, PLL never met a person of color that they couldn't figure well, out. Also, there's a chance that he may have been involved with Nolan. In that yearbook picture, we saw them fishing at that cabin. And you know, I mean, oh. you know what a PLL fan thinks. Well, and also, um, Blandrew said that he thought that Mason Yeah, was so if, um, if this is like a... Uh, 
queer person of color who is blackmailing people on a Marlene show. Um, I, I have to say that uh, that's something we, we need to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, the odds yeah. are not. May, may the odds be ever in your favor, Mason, but um, I'm not going to put my money on your survival, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the mystery is, I, I think that to me, the most successful episode so far was episode two. And what I liked about it is that it was an episode that went pretty small and felt like it gave us some more kind of character moments and fleshed out who these characters are a little bit. Uh, and, and I think that that's a good move for the show like make it smaller focus on who these people are because it's hard to to have characters and just be told to care about them um it's having characters that you that you grow to care about is i think harder to do but ultimately more rewarding yeah well i think that also i liked the reveal between caitlin and ava where it turns out that Caitlin kind of outed Ava's uh, parents and their financial problems to the school because that's actually something that is like happening with Caitlin and Ava rather than something that's happening with their parents who we really have not met enough to care about one way or the other. They're really just like off-screen presences at this point. Um, But we also never saw people at the school harassing Ava or anything. So that loses, that loses part of its, emotional punch there yeah i I think um and i I, this is a really common problem that new series will have but this there's some sort of timeline and pacing things that are challenging in this show um the whole timeline of the nolan caitlin breakup ava situation jeremy that whole love square is a bit confusing um us picking up in the aftermath of a lot of things that we're hearing about but haven't gotten to see firsthand it doesn't make for a super dynamic um beginning of a series because it's like okay so we're just hearing about all these things that happened like last year or a while ago but we're not like you said, we're not seeing it on our, on the screen. And so it's hard to emotionally. Uh, we it. did learn more about Claire Hotchkiss and her backstory, which includes uh, Nolan's murder, Taylor's presumed suicide, which we learned was her jumping off a bridge, which of course, Allison says, you know, did they find a body? The answer is no. Um, you know, in, in this world, you can't assume that someone is indeed dead. And it also includes a husband who stepped out into an alley at exactly the wrong time and was shot. So we're assuming that that is two murders and one suicide. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm on the lookout for Claire Hotchkiss to be a family annihilator. And I'm also uh, on the lookout for this custodian to be her husband who is actually alive. Oh, interesting theory. Interesting theory. I think that actually perhaps the mysterious professor of the of Allison's class who we have yet to meet and who I think will maybe meet later in the season maybe will be um 
Claire's husband. I do think that Claire, yes, seems remarkably together for a woman who has lost her entire family, seemingly. Now, do we think No, I don't think that Nolan is alive. I mean, I think we saw him being impaled on those spikes. So I think that I think that that's about as confirmed well, dead as you can get in the Marlene universe, but you never know. Uh, I will say, though, about Taylor being alive, Claire, when she's talking about that, says when Taylor left. And that's, like, weird. Um, so does she know that Taylor's alive? Yeah. Also, uh, Allison has has presumably found Taylor in this episode after looking for her for all of, like, five minutes. She found one of Taylor's hiding places last week and found this RV this week. So how hard has anyone been looking for this girl I guess maybe they weren't looking at all because they thought that she was dead, but boy, still. For a town that has like omniscient security, I feel like that's a bit of a letdown. Well, or I think an alternate read is that Claire knows that Taylor's been alive this whole time and has purposefully not looked for her or allowed Hmm. Beauregard to look for her um, because she's wanted Taylor to stay hidden for some reason. Do you think that Mona is lying to Allison? Because when Allison asks Mona how much Beacon Guard is monitoring, Mona says, just enough to keep us safe as far as I know. But I don't think that we've seen Mona tell Allison that they have cameras in mirrors, for example. Um, I do think that Mona is lying because I think that Mona knows that Taylor is alive. Um, Also, a line that I forgot to mention but that I loved um, is in the cold open of this last episode, t- uh, Allison says something to Mona like, because I felt like you were alive even when everybody thought that you were dead. Which is very I think there's something so intimate about discussing how they both used to be dead and now they're both alive. I really... I really like that. And I I feel like also there's like a really interesting, like there's a really interesting metaphor in there for like mental illness and for, um, you know, for the work that it takes to go on living after you've been in a dark place. And I think that that's really something that the two of them uh, have, have common ground on as well. Well, I also think that it would behoove us to remember that when Mona was thought to be dead, she was assuming the Mm -hmm. role of Allison in the dollhouse. Uh, These two have always had this sort of bizarre psychic connection. Um, I mean, Mona, gosh, like, don't get me started, but like, Mona, you know, created Hannah in, you know, to become the new Allison. And there was so much obsession and love and hate and all of that in there. Of course, we know this. But Allison also, I mean, I think she reacted to Mona in similar, similar to the way that she reacted to Paige, in that there was something so familiar there that she had to stamp it out. It was this reflection that she didn't want to see. I mean, these two are, have always been two sides of the same coin in so many ways and the idea of them first of all like the idea of them being allied is so interesting because it's like there's always been this feeling that if they could get on the same page they would be completely unstoppable and also like I mean who knows you better like no I don't think 
I think that they understand each other in this way that nobody else understands them. They have gone through so many of the same things together um, in this way that is sort of like, there's almost this way in which you could say like, well, of course, Allison couldn't make it work with Emily because nobody could understand Allison in the way that (laughs) Mona could. Not to do like a whole ship war thing, because I mean, I do also love Emerson, especially like the Emerson that we all wanted Emerson to be. But I do, I do think like that's kind of, I always felt like Mona could never really make it work with anybody because, I mean, because she was in love with Hannah, but also because like who could possibly understand Mona Vanderwall? I think Allison De Laurentiis could. Completely agree. Um, I love where they are. I love where they're going. I remember that scene from PLL when they're in the car together. This is like this is like season six A, I think, when Allison calls the police to say that she okay. thinks she knows who A is. Um, yeah. And that scene where Mona comes and she picks Allison up, and Mona and Allison says, "Thank you," and she says something like, "No one else would pick up." But Mona would. Mona would pick up Allison's call, um, which is just like Mona's going to be there for her. Is there? Is there? A, I think I'm confusing like different scenes also with like fix that I've read and fix that I've written. But like, I feel like there's a scene where that might be between Hannah and Mona, but where Mona has a line about um, that she's on a she's on a date with Mike or something when she gets the call or she's she has to go to Mike and it's like but Mike doesn't know Mike can't Mike like is too nice to know about oh I don't I I, don't remember that that might be this might have that might be from a fic that I wrote (laughs) I'm saying that I'm like (laughs) I don't even remember so many car conversations with Mona um I think I think it might have been the scene when Mona and Hannah are blue smoking Mm. together um which is like such a great mona date um but yes anyway not to get off track yeah i if for nothing else i will keep watching yeah um quick predictions i think that uh ava uh anybody who has like a large sum of money stuffed in a in a non-secure location is probably going to uh, lose that big bag of money by the time the season is over. It's like Jane Austen, like yes. it's a truth universally acknowledged that a giant bag of money is just waiting to be stolen by your unknown stalker. So <laughs> I think that uh, I, I think that that music box that she got probably has some kind of tracking device, which is going to allow probably Booker to steal that money from her. Uh, I assume that a lot of what's going on in this episode is uh, Agent Booker with the Campus Bureau of Investigation uh, trying to, per Claire's instructions, turn up the heat on the characters. And so I think that um, I think that that's probably what's underway. Yeah, I, I think that you're totally right. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that the killer, not sure, but I think that the killer of, of Nolan and whoever is the, whoever the new a is whatever we want to call this character <laughs> b or you know um person leaving rat notes in cars um is they are not going to ultimately be the same person because this is pll adjacent pll sort of um pll light uh and i think that 
Um, I don't know if I have other super strong predictions. I mean, I, I assume that next week we'll learn more about Taylor um, and potentially Do you think it's significant that uh, when Claire asks Caitlin to be the rat and later she tells Booker that she knows Caitlin wasn't involved, it's not in her DNA. Do you think that there is going to be something about Caitlin and or who her like who her father is? Yes, I do think that. And actually, maybe her father is Ray. Um, Just a thought I had. Because the whole, because she's on that list of the three people with the mysterious X factor. Um, So, could be. Okay. Uh, Is there anybody that you like in particular for the murder right now? Um... No, I don't think so. Maybe Zoe. She seems a little obvious. Um, yeah, maybe like Zoe hmm. or Jerry. This week I'm liking. Um, this you? week I'm liking Claire, and I am liking Blandrew. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Could be those two. <laughs> I guess, you know, I, I, you know, I don't have super strong feelings. I, I feel like it could be a character we haven't even met yet. Um, who knows? But uh, other r- just random thing. I think that the show needs to make up its mind about the narration. It had narration in the first episode. I think no narration in the second episode. It was back for the third episode. It was gone in the fourth episode. I don't think it works. I think it's weird that Ava is the one who's doing it. Um, I think if I think that if they were going to do it, they should have each of the perfectionists take turns. I also just think they shouldn't do it. PLL didn't have narration; it's not necessary, um, and it's weird to me that yeah, it was, like, I agree. The episodes now. without the narration have definitely been stronger. Um, but yeah, I I'll, the yeah. the main thing that I'm really interested in at this time, uh, I do kind of want to know who did the crime, and I also want to know if the Monison ship is going to have some extended sailing here. Agreed. Agreed. Um, if you have thoughts on this, you can send us an email at everybodyapodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram at everybodyapodcast. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, and we're just going to see, you know, we'll see, we'll see next week if we feel like the episode warrants a talk. We, if not, we'll probably be back the following week, but we're just kind of yes we have left both allison and mona in some danger mona has discovered uh what is his name ray roy she's discovered his lair uh and he has entered and is confronting her and allison is briefly locked in the mobile home uh mona jimmied a door to get into ray's lair in this episode uh so hopefully allison will be able to jimmy her way back out Oh, also, I don't know if you noticed the door I was. I did. I did notice that. Uh, yeah. Nice little PLL shout out. Yes. Okay. Well, until next time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what we got. Go Modison. <laughs>